Hey, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today I'm joined by Twyla Verhelst, the head of FreshBooks Accountant Channel. Twyla leads the Accounting Partner Program at FreshBooks and she's recognised as one of the top 50 women in accounting. Twyla is committed to leading the pack on advocacy, change and community in the accounting industry. As the head of the FreshBooks Accounting Professionals Program, she supports and empowers other accounting professionals as they help businesses flourish. Being an experienced CPA and tech entrepreneur herself, Twyla elevates her accounting peers with the tools they need to thrive and helps them discover their most valuable asset, being their authentic selves. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Twyla Verhelst. Why don't we start at the start? How did you fall into accounting and and get on that journey? (laughs) All right. Well, admittedly, I did not become an accountant to be an accountant. And that's probably pretty obvious when you now look at my LinkedIn profile and and look at my journey as an accountant that I'm far from a traditional accountant. I truly always felt like accounting would be my backup plan. And what I mean is I grew up in a really entrepreneurial home. My parents were business owners. I basically lived inside their business when I was growing up. What sort of business was it? Yeah, they had greenhouses and a florist shop that was essentially attached to our house. It was hard to get away from it, but it was really the hub of of all things greenhouse and flower related for that general area where I grew up in, in Manitoba and Canada. We had friends that had a nursery in Ferntree Gully, if, if you probably had absolutely no idea where that is, but some people would know where Ferntree Gully is. And their parents were constantly, constantly outside pruning, growing, shipping, trucking. It looked like hard work. I'm sure it was hard work. It was hard work. And and my dad was very, very much a hard worker. And my mom became the businesswoman as well as taking care of all the staffing and all of the personnel needs and the admin needs of the business. And I knew darn well it was hard work uh, to think about being an entrepreneur in my adult life, which is why I also wanted to be an accountant. A, I thought it would never be amiss to know my finances of my business. And B, in the event that it doesn't work out, because let's be honest, being an entrepreneur also comes with risk, that I could always go get an accounting job. And so that's really what started me on my accounting journey. And I went through university, got my designation. I had a controller position right after getting designated, which I was really fortunate to gain that experience so early in my career. And then shortly after that, I got into what started my entrepreneurial journey, where I owned a mortgage brokerage. So I had a mortgage brokerage business. Then I relocated and I then sold that business off. And I started to do a bit of recruiting for accountants just to get back into getting in touch with accountants and the accounting profession in a new city. And then from there, I actually met what became my business partner. We together created a firm. We built a firm that was uh, really built on advisory and I'm using air quotes, but I say it like that, not only because we're probably all a little tired of the word advisory, but also because it was advisory before it was called advisory. We didn't actually call it that, but that was the service level that we were offering to our clients. And so that was really kind of my 
coming back to accounting in a different way where I was now a firm owner and an accountant and, uh, you know, running a business, but also supporting small businesses. And inside of that, that's what really kind of got me back into exploring and loving accounting again in a really entrepreneurial way. And then from that work, that's where my business partner and I, we built a technology startup. So that was a software for accounting professionals to use to do cash flow advisory. So that's kind of the the fast track of my career that's brought me to today. So you might still be thinking, well, how are you, how'd you get to FreshBooks? FreshBooks, as you probably know, is a Canadian origin in terms of uh, you know, where it was headquartered. It's still headquartered in, in Toronto, despite having uh, geographical offices all around the globe now. And it's a company that I, that I was watching. I knew what FreshBooks was about. I had seen FreshBooks back to 2013, 2014, when I had my practice. And we were starting to work with them closer around where were they going? Where are we going with our technology? And we started talking from a technology standpoint. And that's where I learned that they were going to be doubling down on accountants and they that they wanted to really embrace working with accountants in a way like they never had before. And at first I was working closely with uh, the gentleman I, that I had first been introduced to and actually was putting candidates his direction. I was thinking, have you talked to this person, that person? Because they were trying to find their head of their accountant channel. And you know, it was when we had the technology company that I realized that I wanted to be able to work closely with accounting professionals. I wanted to take the knowledge I had as being more of an entrepreneurial accountant and share that. I wanted to really share all that we had done inside of our own practice with going to the cloud and streamlining and then you know building an advisory practice, how to embrace technology technology to build that advisory practice. And so I started to learn that this was some skills and some experience that I had that others were wanting to learn from. And so that's also part of what led me to FreshBooks is that I wanted to be able to to share more of that and to have more of a reach and to extend the technology and the human side of accounting and how you collaborate those together to build your practice in a more impactful way. And certainly FreshBooks is part of that journey that I'm on is that you know, we're making changes in our platform, we're building a partner program in a community, but there's also a level of education and sharing that we can do to support our partners and help them grow their businesses and support small businesses differently. And the FreshBooks journey has been a, a great Canadian success story. It must be a bit, little bit like coming home to, to work with, with the team there. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting to be able to work with a local company, but not just a local Canadian company, but also one that I believe is built on a really solid set of core values. I'm truly a small business person. I mean, I told you about my origin story with my parents. Like, I'm not a big company person, but what drew me into FreshBooks was the core values that they had been so rock solid on and that they're very protective of the culture that we build here at FreshBooks to ensure that we continue on that journey. And that's where it feels we are still a small business and still really are, are you know, Previously, we were what we called owner-obsessed, which means we we're obsessed with really understanding the customers. And now we've become partner-obsessed, which, of course, I'm super passionate about because those are my peers. Those are the people that I know so well that we get to be obsessed with them and really support them in a way that's more than just saying, here's the tech, go use it. Come back to us if you have a support question. It's far more than that. And that's a culture that, that FreshBooks has really embraced since day one. 
where do you think uh, Canada is on the advisory journey? I mean, you sort of intimated that, you know, we're all a bit sick of advisory, but, um, you know, there's different countries around the world are at different stages of that journey. Where Where's Canada at and where do you think some of the other countries are at if you've had exposure to that? Yeah, I mean, from my exposure, I've heard people say that they feel that Canada is more progressive than the U.S. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that there's pockets of it. I've talked to some very progressive U.S. accounting professionals. Uh, I've talked to some very traditional Canadian accounts, right? And so, so I think that there's there's some of both in all across North America. Certainly, I think when we go over to talk to other locations across the seas, so whether that's Australia, New Zealand, which uh, obviously you know having your background, you're familiar with with the professionals over there, uh, the UK, they have some different elements of advisory that they've leaned into far heavier or sooner than we have here, that I think that there's opportunity for us to learn from some of what they're up to. Again, though, you can find very traditional accounting professionals in all those locations too. And so, you know, I think the technology certainly supports that progression to advisory. And I think that there's still, you know, people here locally that are sitting on some desktop uh, technology that's kind of getting in the way of them offering those services. It's a little bit of an oxymoron desktop technology, isn't it? The, you're not allowed to screen scrape and call it cloud. That's That should be banned. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite what we mean. And that's something that, you know, I think is pretty admirable about FreshBooks is even though FreshBooks started as an invoicing platform, it's always been on the cloud. So the cloud is is something that we don't even talk about at FreshBooks because it's always been part of that journey. Instead, we're we're now more focused on how do we really develop our features for accounting professionals so that they can do their work effectively. And I think though, whether you're talking about North America or UK or Australia, there's different needs in different countries based off those services they provide and also different compliance uh, requirements that they have. Let's band together and... Um do that education piece because we've got to get our E for the um, for the episode. But, um, I mean, it, it should be fucking outlawed that people try and call screen scraping, you know, cloud technology and those that cling on to the desktop uh, and the server in the cupboard uh, will ultimately, you know, fall behind and probably their multiples just sort of decline each day and their clients are probably struggling for the for the same reasons. Although, you know, there's there's vendors in Canada and vendors in the US that, that would like to keep perpetuating those technologies for as long as they possibly can. It's up to companies like FreshBooks to make sure that uh, their slow and miserable death is, is accelerated. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it, I think it'll become extinct and whether that's, you know, more of the cloud technology just kind of eating up the market and also things like if you look at in the look in the UK where things like MTD are coming into play and then desktop is no longer being supported in the jurisdiction. So I think I think there'll be a, a few things that need to happen in order for it to really get become extinct per se. And from what I see in, in North America, the government's quite a ways away from uh, being the the one who's going to make that difference versus in the UK. Yeah, they're, they're distracted with some other stuff. Although maybe MTD, I'd have to look at the dates. Maybe Brexit wasn't on the cars when, when they did all the tax progression and, and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the UK is definitely uh, sort of forced to be pushed along and, and kudos to the government to sort of, you know, with everything that's going on in the world that, um, you know, they're, they're progressing that agenda. The... Um, 
Australia with the slow ramp up into something similar, you know, with reporting your, your payroll numbers live and all that kind of stuff. Australia didn't need government help to sort of thank God because you'd be sitting around waiting forever, but um, to get progressive. My not very qualified, but opinion is COVID has, has actually sort of progressed the US in particular quite a number of years in its technology take up and its movement up the curve. I think there's just such more volume of firms that we work with that were behind pre-COVID and, and realised that if they want a job with a hybrid workforce, you, you know, you need to change your technology or they want to, if they want a thriving firm or at least a surviving firm, you know, they need to change their technology with a, with a workforce that's uh, becoming more mobile or, at le- or younger or, or the above, right? I think that's a great call out is that there has been a big adoption of of technology over the last few years, and it was a bit forced per se due to the pandemic, but it happened. Now what, what I, I hope that we see happens and I'm trying to, to, you know, encourage others to do is that was very reactive. We had to do that. Now, how do we be proactive with it? Because I think that's the next step versus, you know, the last few years, this is part of why advisory has become a bit of a word that nobody likes to hear anymore is because over the last few years, people were in this profession where keeping their business and their clients and their staff and in some cases their kids alive, right? Like they were very distracted with all of those things, which meant embracing a new engagement, embracing a new technology that wasn't one that ladders up to, can I work remotely with this team? There wasn't room for that. And and then there just wasn't bandwidth versus now that's some of the proactive, the forward looking uh, sorts of elements to change as opposed to the reactive that I think that's where some of the, the next stage of evolution can come for our profession, which will go back to what you're saying, like how do we make desktop extinct? It needs to be things like that, that that we start to have more folks just embracing this proactive sort of a view forward look with their clients. That's something that, that a lot of professionals were doing over the last few years, but in a very reactive way due to circumstances. This isn't the, a slight against them, more so that- They don't know how to access podcasts. It's okay. I've said that every accounting professional gets a complete pass for the last 24 to 36 months of trying to embrace something that wasn't necessary. That's kind of where where FreshBooks has been over the last few years around. I think the team was smart enough here that uh, to not go up to an accounting professional and say, hey, while you're trying to do all those things, have you thought about, is your client well served on the technology that you put in front of them? They would think, gosh, like I don't have time to think about what they think about, right? Versus now, I think that there's an opportunity to start to take that further and to not just kind of hang out with what we came out the other side of the pandemic with. I have a lot of empathy for the profession, right? Like, and we talked about this at CarbonX recently. I mean, it's a pretty thankless task a lot of the time and and governments around the world have and clients have lent on the profession in a way that they weren't trained to do you know like in terms of not only not financial support but not only in sort of you know their role as advisor and and accountant but they're distributing stimulus funds their pressure on on clients that you know restaurants and tourism in businesses and all kinds of things just you know, their, their clientele went to zero overnight and it's just really hard for a whole profession to bear that uh, that weight. And so I do have a lot of, despite my the bullshit that I spout, I do have a lot of em- empathy for our customers and, and the industry as a whole. 
But speaking of the industry as a whole, you, you've got a passion a, around new entrants to the industry, the college aspects of the industry and accreditation, the industry bodies, etc. One of my biggest selfishly concerns <laughs> to some degree is like, I reckon it's been one in, one out for a long time now. You know, one middle-aged white male goes to a golf course in in Florida and and one hopefully, you know, completely opposite <laughs> diversity spectrum comes in at, at the bottom and, and helps improve the diversity. But the industry itself is uh, struggling for, for a bit of sexiness and a bit of appeal in to take on in business school, to take on in the colleges globally. What is that what you're seeing and, and what can we do to, to try and um, – do our part to help that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing it, you know, whether that's uh, up here in Canada or in, in the U.S. Most of our partners are in the U.S. And so certainly we we talk to a lot of them about their struggle to find, you know, the, that brand new staff that would join their firm and be be kind of coming through the the ranks and coming through the workflows that, uh, that new people come through. And it, there's a decline, absolutely. But it's interesting because I've, I have started to do some work, at least up here locally with CPA Canada, which I don't think is that dissimilar to what the U.S. is also experiencing. And an interesting piece of information, which I'm getting to the, the actual data, because of course everyone in this, probably all this audience loves their data. Let me at least share as much to make it make an impact, is that still they find that those who come into the profession, majority of them have a close friend or family member that's an accountant. So this is really interesting to me because there's such an influence that the profession has on these new grads. So even though you talked about the person who retires at the golf course, that new person coming into the profession, you know, if you want to speak about why- They might have been carrying their bags. <laughs> right, exactly. Why we don't have as much diversity as you want is that that's that person's nephew or that person's son or that person's grandchild for, for gosh sakes. And so there's some sort of a tie from the top the in and out side of it. And so unfortunately, as we just talked about, the last few years has been dreadful for this profession. And I think if we're not really conscious about what we're sharing as a profession, that we will only do the the numbers a disservice because we're going back to our friends and our family saying, God, what an awful time to be an accountant. It's going to turn even more of those students off of joining this profession. I think we don't do a great job yet of really showcasing that this profession is a collision between technology and accounting. And I've been called out before on, on why call it a collision, because that sounds pretty abrupt and even maybe negative, but I believe it kind of is a collision. I mean, you talk about the people who, even the last few years, they had to come off of desktop and onto the cloud. That was by happenstance in some cases. You know, you think about the progression of desktop to online to using a tech stack, like, some people did that pretty begrudgingly and some people still haven't got there. And technology really all of a sudden was part of the conversation in this profession around how to do this workflow, how to start to do advisory work. You had to embrace the technology whether you liked it or not. Otherwise, you were doing things so manually, you didn't have time and space or clients with the budget to afford to let you and your team do everything manually, plus offer them advisory. So I believe there has been, it's not not been this graceful dance. I think it came together quite suddenly and every conference we went to was all of a sudden the talk about 
technology and how you're going to embrace it and workflows and efficiencies and advisory. And so that that happened quite abruptly for the comfort level of the profession. And so um, that I think though is something that we haven't really done a great job of sharing with our the new people coming into this profession around it's almost more of a technologist role in some cases than it is a debits and credits role. Uh, Know your debits and credits, but you can actually do a lot for a client or inside of a firm that doesn't constantly be accounting expertise, technical jargon all day long, depending on on the type of firm you work with. I mean, one of the episodes I just listened to uh, in preparation to chat with you was with Acuity, right? I mean, I'm friends with Matthew and Kenji, and they're doing some things right in terms of the technology that they've embraced and the service offering that they've provided. And now the type of professional or the type of person that could really do great work inside of Acuity doesn't need to be the smartest, top of the class, most technical accounting person. In fact, they would probably be well served with the person who knows, understands accounting, but then can think really creatively about how to how to use technology and do something different that benefits the small businesses that they're really trying to support. So I think there's elements of we aren't doing a great job of recruiting new students. We also aren't doing a great job of sharing what this profession really looks like now so that people get an understanding of how creative it can be, how technology focused it can be. And then I think there's also this element of inside of our firms that we probably need to do some role division around those who are like, give me the debits and credits all day long, or give me the tax provisioning all day long, versus those who that's not where they want to support clients, they want to do something else. And there's a great career for them inside of these firms. Yeah, no, it is a diverse career. There's a lot to celebrate about the career. It's just about combating the alternatives, right? Like, I get it, you know, there's a lot of sexy alternatives to accounting. Uh, It's interesting what you say about the younger generations following some kind of influence in their life into accounting school. Maybe there's something there that we could pick up upon and try and work with in um, at Carbon. We'll, I'll pass that on to Lockie and team. We're all recruiters and we don't realise that we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we need to shout it from the rooftops a little bit louder, right? <laughs> right. And, and the last few years, again, back to the defence of, of those working in this profession, it's been hardest heck, right? Like it's it's been really brutal. So. They go to their their family gatherings now on the other side of COVID. Those people that are exploring, what should I do with my life? Uh, You know, they're at that stage of of their journey. What they hear is, I sure as heck don't want to be an accountant. I know that for sure. Now, I think think as we were thinking about recruiting and finding that new group of people that join the profession, the more that we can actually think of each conversation that we have is actually a recruiting conversation and inspiring somebody else to join the profession that I think we would approach some of the conversations differently. I honestly think tax Twitter would end up being like a separate community that nobody else can see. When our CMO, uh, my, our CMO one day sent me a Slack message and said, I just found tax Twitter on Twitter. And I was like, oh gosh, please don't look at tax Twitter. You're going to think that every <laughs> I love tax Twitter. I hang out on tax Twitter, but you know, it's not a representation of what we want necessarily everyone to feel about accounting. It could not be what we want people to know in terms of recruiting new people into the space. Believe me, I love it. I love that everyone's got that source of, of venting and sharing and, and I believe in community. Gosh, I believe in community. But I think when we know that 
we're influencing uh, without realizing we're influencing that I think that it maybe makes us think differently about about how we position the profession, even if it's positioned as it's been really hard. And now we need people like you, uh, young nephew, to join, or young niece to join, right? Or person of color, like all diversity to join in order to really make this profession better instead of it kind of going on this path that can lead to burnout. And you're you're well involved in in the diversity efforts at, at Fresh Books. You want to talk a little bit about that? I do enjoy the diversity efforts. I mean I, I will be the first to say, I mean, I'm a female, yes, but I'm I'm white and and you know I, I know that I've got some privilege and some bias that I'm really trying to learn more about. And here at Fresh Books we also are on this learning journey and I love how we position it is call us in and call us out when there's opportunity to learn and to grow and to be better and be more inclusive for everyone. So I think that that's work that goes on inside of fresh books. I think that's work that goes on inside of the profession at large. I think it's work in schools. Like I think it's work everywhere. I have a daughter who has autism. And so I've experienced firsthand what it's like for her to have judgment laid against her that people don't even realize that they're doing. And so different scenario than somebody of color or somebody who speaks a different language or has a different uh, gender, but still some Something that impacts all of us when it comes to different types of, of skill sets, different types of needs or requirements or biases that are in the way for many of us that we didn't even realize are there. So I like the call in and call out sort of philosophy. And I'm trying to really embrace that with asking people to boldly call me out when I say something or do something that's really not going to contribute to my learning or, or does contribute to my learning, I should say. If they, I meant if they ignore it, that it doesn't contribute to my learning or if they kind of sweep it under the rug. It's like, no, no, please tell me so that I learn and I, I become a better professional and can help to then call in and call out others as well. So I enjoy being on the Dibs Council here at FreshBooks and, and contributing to those efforts. We've got work to do, but I don't think this work ever stops. And so it's something that I, I really am, am passionate about learning more about so that I can grow and then again, kind of inspire others to also learn about it as well. Yeah. And the, it's in technology. I mean, it's predominantly been a, a white male industry and, and it is important that we all do that work to encourage broader participation. But, uh, you know, again, as, you know, as a white male, it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> help me understand, help educate me. Um, hopefully my team feels that, that Carbon is an inclusive place to to be involved and and that all those discussions can take place in a in a safe space. I mean, that's at least our job, right? <laughs> yeah, it creates some moments that are uncomfortable, no doubt about it, when you're trying to be better, but it's worth it. It's worth it to have those moments of vulnerability where it's like, ooh, ouch, I... Yeah, I could have... Gosh, I wish I didn't say it like that. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even realize how it's interpreted and you just say something that... I've caught myself even saying some some sayings that my parents used to say that I would say it out loud. And I'm like, gosh, that sounds like a really terrible thing to say out loud now that you really know more. And when you know more, you can do better. But it's those awkward moments of like, oh, didn't mean it like that. You'd never sat down and thought about it, right? Like we just, it just is. And it's our, our bias, our sexism, our just sort of ignorance, I guess, as, <laughs> as a generation. But, but hopefully, hopefully, we leave, uh, we do better than the, than the one before and 
play our role in in improve in leaving a better planet. But God, that's hard. That's it's a hard thing to do at the moment. It is. Luckily, I think the generation below you and I that. They're so darn smart with this stuff. They're they're the first to call us out on the things that we say or do that aren't appropriate. So I think we've got more learning to do in some cases than they do, and that they're they're better about calling us out or recognizing something because it's within their line of vision versus for you and I, there's things in our blind spots. I think the impact is is happening. It's probably slower than many would like it to be, but it, you know, as long as we're all committing to trying to do better and being open to being called out and called in, then I think that, that, that we're headed in the right direction. Now, outside of FreshBooks and outside of accounting, I hear a rumour that, that you've knocked over some ultra marathons. Is that right? Well, not some. I've done a couple. Well, that's that's some. Any more than one is some, and therefore you're. You, I know already you're a little bit nutty <laughs> because you have to be to, to um, just to push through 50 miles in – Plus, what's the longest one you've done? Yeah, the longest I have done is 50. So um, that's been my max. My husband, he's working on a 100-miler in a few weeks' time. Like he's, he's, in fact, I, I got him into it, and now he won't stop, and I've, I've decided that I don't need to run that far anymore. <laughs> yeah. I actually think about doing something like an ultramarathon as showing myself that I can do hard things and then taking that skill set and applying it to other things. And it seems really kind of cliche when I say it like that, but it's true. I mean, another example of something I've done is I spent a week at a silent meditation retreat, which some people think, dear gosh, I could never do that. Now I'm an introvert. I'm really okay with the silence, but it still was hard and it still was a learning experience. And there's things that I've taken from that, that journey inside of that, that week and apply to other areas of my life, including with my daughter, who, uh, you know, she, she obviously has different challenges than parenting uh, some other children. Don't get me wrong, parenting in general is so dang hard. It's so confusing. But, um, you know, there's things that I use from from other areas of my life that it's been uncomfortable, or it's been challenging, that I find myself almost subconsciously pulling on those in moments of my personal and professional life that have been hard. I mean, I won't lie that even being here at FreshBooks, it has its challenges in terms of a 19-year-old company that's helped business owners the entire time. And now we're, we're doing a different division. It's a, it's a completely different market. It's a completely different audience. You approach it a different way. And there's moments of like push-pull inside of the org that... I'm here to stand up for, and I believe in this, but sometimes we forget <laughs> why we're doing this and why we started it. We kind of revert back to having conversations that try on patience at times. And you think, gosh, if you just saw what I saw, we'd be halfway across the ocean by now. But it's not a marathon in terms of speed. It's a marathon in terms of going the distance and having others come along to go that distance. And there's times that are just challenging in any role that I think when we've done other things in our life that we're like, I know I can do this. It sucks right now, but I know I can do this and I'll get to that that finish line, whatever that looks like, or to the next kind of phase. I don't even like calling it a finish line anymore. <laughs> yeah, because it just keeps moving if you do that. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of the infinite game, right? It, it's There's no end. It's you keep going. And I think carbon is, is a good example of that too. We've got a few years to go to 19, but um, yeah, I mean, any organisation that's got that legacy, that's got that 
ingrained, you know, that's been doing something for that long is going to have its challenges when you try and do something new. I mean, that's very normal. And But, you know, organisations like FreshBooks are, are best placed because of their They've had a long culture of innovation and and they've had their challenges along the way and business models and, and strategy that, that made the long game imperative, right? Like, <laughs> you know, when you sell something for five bucks, you've got to sell a lot of it to, to build a big company, right? <laughs> and to be resilient, right? I think there's, there's an element of, you know, you got to keep changing and keep evolving in order to not just be a company today, but if you go back to the idea of, like if we're on the golf course later that we've left a company that others are still thriving in and benefiting from and they're they're still making an impact and that requires evolution and evolution doesn't come quickly it's something that takes time to embrace and get everyone you know inspired by and then committed to etc and when you have 19 years of being really successful with a particular market this is a, a different methodology in terms of we still love business owners, but we also want to love the accounting professionals that also love those business owners. So let's lock arms with those folks to do the owners well and to also do the accounting profession well. As somebody who's done a few uh, half Ironmans and, and Ironman, I think the, the, the living with somebody that's about to do a a hundred miler is probably way harder than working at a 19-year-old company. I reckon like your husband's just going out for a quick jog. He's back. Like he's done a, a marathon, a bit, right? Like just in training. I mean, that's. It's a commitment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say he's difficult to live with. I'm sure that he would flip that on me to say, wait a second. You're the one that's got how many balls in the air? How many things do you have on the go right now? I think it goes both ways that we each have kind of our passions that we lean into. And I definitely do less of that training now. I, I have some other passion projects going that I do the, the fitness for my health as opposed to hey, I need to challenge myself to run 100 miles. The thought of that right now in my life just doesn't fit in. But for him, it's been a real outlet over the course of the last few years when gyms shut down and other things, you know, travel shut down and things that we love doing weren't available to us anymore that he really embraced this outlet. He embraced the... Um the nutty side of uh, COVID, that's for sure. Like getting out of the house, that's taking it a bit further. Power <laughs> go for some people, marathon training for others, I guess. Just walking the dog and 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 knocking out thirty miles for training is is two different things. Good on him, and and wish him, uh, wish him and his nuttiness the the best of luck for his. Uh, that challenge. I mean, that's that's hundred miles extraordinary. So, I hope he does well, and I'm sure he's got a, a great family support ready and planned out for that day. You got his aid stations, all his, his food, and his all all set set up. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an experiment every time. Is how he looks at it. Because uh, if there's conditions you can't control, but yeah, it'll it'll be a good good weekend for him. And you talked about some other what passion projects have you got on for the remainder of the year. I have created a women in accounting hub, and that was something that also came out of COVID. That was an opportunity to 
facilitate and foster mentorship relationships between women in the profession. And so I've got that platform that I'm really passionate about in terms of not just for mentorship, but also for women who are further along in their career that are looking to come together with others at that stage. It's become this really kind of sacred, safe space for women in the profession from all over the globe, which is really exciting that I I have some real passion around that. I also um, may not be aware that I, I have a real keen interest in video. And I've done a number of what's called the video per day experiment and and inspired some others to come along that journey with me as well. And we're planning our next round of that in the fall. And I, you know, I'm having done that for a few years now, I feel like it's time to up the game to inspire some others to kind of elevate their game as well. And I started on that video per day experiment before Zoom was our normal day to day. Oh, you're ahead of the curve then. <laughs> by, by happenstance, you know, that was a coincidence. I certainly didn't know we were going to have a pandemic that would last two years. There's elements of that that I think, again, getting a little bit uncomfortable, leaning into something that we don't really enjoy doing, but that could really be part of our recruiting practice practice, our marketing practice, our relationship building with these clients that we never see face to face, that I think is something that our profession can continue to embrace and do more of. And so um, there's some things that I'm planning in the fall with that. And then let's be honest, FreshBooks is a big role for me. It's, um, you know, we've got a big initiative. I've got nine people on my team now in terms of the indirect and direct team. We've got a big product announcement coming out later this year as with respect to uh, accounting professionals. And I truly say this all the time. My team gets tired of me saying it, that we're just getting started. We've got big shoes to fill based off of what we committed to doing uh, for the profession. And that's not something that, you know, I take lightly, nor is it something that that fits inside of this this 30 to 35 hour work week, which I would love to have someday. Uh, it's something that we're right in kind of the thick of it. And I want to give give it its best, uh, give my best work to that. And that's something that I continue to be really passionate about is to building that out. Yeah, well, the, the, as you say, the, there's a lot of um, engagement with the industry, with vendors like FreshBooks, like Carbon, with the, the more progressive vendors that uh, is important. And it's really important that we do a good job of something we've always been conscious of, I think is probably the best way to put it, is, you know, it's not up to us to tell the, the industry how to suck eggs, right? Like it's, it's, it's the, the industry is the industry. We're just here to support, enable, engage with and and help you do your best work. If, if And I'm sure FreshBooks, I can tell from the way that FreshBooks has always gone about their business that they take the same stance. It's like, we're just here to help and engage and enable, not, um, we're, not we're not here to tell you how to do your job. Yeah, I think other words that I would layer on top of that, because I think you're bang on, uh, the last thing I want to do is to tell any accounting professional how to do their job. But I think there's words like inspire and empower and educate that I think get layered onto the day-to-day. And that requires a high level of listening. And, you know, I talked about tax Twitter. I mean, a lot of times when I'm on tax Twitter, I feel like I'm there with my peers, but I'm also trying to hear what is it that is their biggest pain point right now? And is there something we can do to support them through that or to build something in the few years to come that's going to alleviate that? And, you know, that's an opportunity that we have inside of FreshBooks of being a tech company that's really dedicated to building 
using product features inside of the platform to support accounting professionals that I can look at some of these pieces of feedback and think, could we do something different in app? Could we do something different for our partners? Could we do something different inside of our community? Could we build up some education? Could we, you know, inspire somebody somehow to start to kind of peel back something that might be uncomfortable or unnerving or is really just causing a real sore spot right now to make that better. And so um, that level of listening, I think, is really important so that we don't just build the technology that we think people want, that we think will help them, but rather that we build exactly what they're telling us that they don't just need today or yesterday, but that's even a, a you know, half step ahead of what what they're kind of complaining about or, or being experiencing some challenges with. And then that's not just the tech, there's obviously the whole partner program. There's embracing these partners to really wrap our arms around them so that they can feel supported by the tech company and not just feel like it's a tool in their tool belt. Twyla, it's, it's been an amazing time to catch up with you and and congratulations on all the work that you've done at FreshBooks and and also with the uh, Women in Accounting Mentorship program and the and the diversity program at FreshBooks as well. If if there's anything that that we can do in order to support your efforts, we'd be more than happy to do so. And I'm sure that um, Carbon would would love to help with the promotion or expansion of of uh, mentorship programs and particularly when it when it helps uh you know anybody with the, the white guys with one foot on the golf course have got plenty of help right so any anything that that uh can benefit the industry we're happy to to assist we'd love to be able to help wherever you think we can <laughs> i appreciate that thank you so much i'll, I'll definitely uh, tuck that into my back pocket and and i'll take you up on it i just got to figure out how but I, I will take you up on it No worries, no worries at all. Twyla Verhels, thank you for coming on the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you on the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast. <laughs>